So since WWE didn't even want to try this week, why should we? We're not going to give you an intro or anything like that. This show was pure garbage, and we are breaking it down. Welcome to the Con and Bob podcast. Bob, I am so pissed off with this show that we have in front of us. They don't try. They don't try with this show. And I'm, ri- I'm ridiculously annoyed. I-, I-, I just gotta pass this on over to you. You say hi to the people as I try to cool down and get in the mind space to do this hour freaking podcast on this terrible garbage show. Hey, gang. Um, yeah, just... <laughs> I-, I feel you. I feel your frustration. I feel your pain. Um, I agree. I'm going to, as I mentioned to you, I'm gonna try and play some devil's advocate to your points. Uh, mm. It's gonna be difficult. Because just because, like, good. there's certain, but no, there was a lot of not good this week, and it was, um, for me, it's not even the aspect of not good necessarily; it's the aspect of confusion. Okay, so it you're just on the left confused me, side. like, what? Why? Like, what is happening? There's, and like you said, like, there's, I think your tweet or something about the fact, or you message me about it, just saying like, there's no real point in us caring because there I, there's a lot of that confusion let that, me take uh, away from I'm there man go i'm gonna go right over from that because you're absolutely right there is no storylines being given us on monday night raw and tuesday night smackdown that allows us to get invested in the tv show all right we're we're invested in the pay-per-views every month everybody is mm-hmm. right we're all we always talk about what's coming up at the upcoming pay-per-view what's coming up at the next big event uh, and that's good, right? That means there's always <clears throat> excitement around wrestling in that sense. When's the last time you said you're excited for Monday Night Raw? When's the last time you said you were excited for Tuesday Night SmackDown? Seriously. Well, it's funny. It's funny because I find I'm more excited for SmackDown than Raw in recent history, often. And it's funny because in this week's Raw, at one point during the signing, AJ Styles said, like, "Raw, this is Raw. This is, like, where the fans are crazy and this is and whatever. And I was like, what are you talking like it's always a better reception on smackdown always like. always and you right. know why it is because they give the fans good wrestling generally yeah. they didn't this week but I, you know what actually a little you know bit what? off let me say this about the week all right overall we're gonna be mad we're gonna break down the show like we're gonna get into that i'm certainly gonna be pissed off at certain things fundamentally though the show was there was nothing wrong with the actual wrestling and i'm gonna say that time and time again with Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown, the matches that we see, they are never bad. Whoever's in the ring, they are some of the most elite people in the world, right? Some of the best in-ring wrestlers. So the matches themselves were fine, all right? Some of the matches were a little better than others, obviously, but the matches were fine. We are talking about the booking of the shows. The the fact that we don't care about Monday Night Raw anymore. Mm -hmm. The fact we don't care about SmackDown anymore. So let's get right into this thing. And the reason why I am so very, very mad is because Money in the Bank supposedly supposed to be one of your big five pay-per-views. They want to push it like that. And you are not giving us a reason to care about the individuals going into the show. Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, uh, Drew McIntyre, and Ricochet. All right? All four superstars who belong in that match. The the results are fine with getting people in this match. How didn't we have any qualifying matches for them? Seriously, we are how many weeks out from Money in the Bank? We're like three, four weeks, maybe less than a month. And we did not have qualifying matches to get into one of the biggest matches of the year. And you have a roster loaded with superstars who could qualify for it. 
Again, the four superstars that are picked to be from Monday Night Raw, I do not have anything against them being in this match. They absolutely deserve it. Braun's a monster of a human being. Ricochet's a great high flyer. Baron Corbin's one of the best heels inside WWE right now. And Drew McIntyre is a beast. They deserve to be in that match. But why the... Excuse my language. There's going to be swearing today. Why the fuck couldn't there have been some sort of qualifying matches? Robert Roode versus Ricochet happened a week ago. And Robert Roode beat Ricochet, yet all of a sudden, a week later, Robert Roode isn't even getting the opportunity to qualify for Money in the Bank. This is a superstar that you have just decided to push. You gave him a new gimmick, and you push him to the sidelines because you can only book one week at a time. So, I am not... Like, I'm not as angry with the fact that we didn't get qualifier matches. No qualifier matches would be better, and I would like them better. I'm not as angry that we didn't get qualifier matches. What I'm annoyed and confused by, as I said, like, is don't give us qualifier matches. I don't care. Just tell us who's in the match, but make it make sense, right? Like, if you're like, oh, listen, Robert Roode's on a bit of a streak, okay, like, why is why is he in it like Braun Strowman like explain like why right like oh it makes sense that he's there because he he was last year's winner like why not can I just ask you a question I don't mean to completely interrupt you though when was the last time we had a money in the bank match where there was zero qualifiers and like, oh no! It's you know a, what it's I mean. Like, I, I'm, I'm fine if you want to say just throw Braun Strowman in the match and explain why he's in there, but. When you've got all these superstars with only four spots, there's got to be at least one qualifier. Right, especially because usually it's supposed to be a match that you want to use to boost someone's mm-hmm. level. A Robert Roode would be great. A Mojo Rawley would be Thank like yep. Apollo Cruz. Guys like those, where you're like, oh, there's the possibility of if they're in the match and they happen to win, like, oh, their stock is so much bigger. They're so much better that way. Yada yada yada. Uh, whereas now we're like, okay, you have all of these guys like makes it like drew mcintyre in everyone's mind is already a main event player Mm -hmm. like he should be the next like he should be seth rollins SummerSlam opponent i agree i agree right like and probably even take it off seth at that time possibly we're on the same way depending on how hot seth is at the time obviously subject to change um braun is always going to be braun you don't need to necessarily though it helps him get up you're not going to win it again he won it last year and then lost like Mm -hmm. why would you let him win it again now he's going to lose it and if anything it hurts some more ricochet awesome great i would love to see ricochet in there he's going to have some awesome spots he's an up-and-coming young guy all that great great pick baron i get it because he though he won it a few years ago he's still just the biggest deal in the company and he's such a dick that like if you really want some heat in that match, Baron's going to be the guy, right? Exactly, Like, man. tease it, where he's almost there. He's about to get it, and the crowd will just be so angry. So that stuff makes sense. It's just, like, it's certain guys, when you have other talent, like a Robert Roode and Apollo Crews, other guys on the roster where you're like, oh, maybe take a look what at What about them. Cedric Alexander? He just came Cedric from Cedric Alexander would have been cool, yeah. Like, like the, we're not say, I'm not saying that these guys had to win the match. Like I, no. Once again, I will repeat this. I am okay with this being the four from Monday Night Raw that go into the match. Mm-hmm. But all I wanted was a little bit 
like you said, there's confusion. All I want is a little bit of storytelling. Make us care about the matches. I'm I'm going to be pissed off about this because you had a very basic opportunity for your whole show of Monday Night Raw to be about qualifying for money in the bank. Yeah. And now they didn't. I maybe they wanted to see how it would be received this way and you can only really know by doing it. So don't be surprised if next year's Money in the Bank time they're doing qualifier matches. True, again. but you gotta you gotta because look at it. From it like really a, did not go well. From like a, just a wrestling fan, like these people who are making the decisions backstage, they've got to be somewhat wrestling fans when they grew yeah. up, right? To get in this business, you have to be. I I wonder, is it seriously the writers sitting there b- back there being like, "All right, I think I would love this as a fan." Really? That's what you would yeah. love, or? Is it straight up the fact that they are not allowed to be risky with the writing, that they have to go very, very simple because maybe Vince McMahon believes kids can't understand in-depth storylines. Maybe that's who he's still trying to push the product towards. But there is a fundamental problem inside WWE right now, not giving the fans just good free TV. You know, it's just... I just feel like, too, Vince McMahon has step whereas i thought he was going to be stepping back a bit i feel like he's leaned in a bit more mm-hmm. in the last since wrestlemania and i see it not just in the writing i don't see it just in like the storytelling aspect but i see it in the character stuff as well um not and i've liked some of the character stuff that they're doing obviously bray we'll get to that mm-hmm. i'm really liking what's going on there um, especially because we haven't had the chance to talk about it first podcast in a couple weeks now, mm-hmm. but I'm noticing it with the fact that uh, Ricochet is now doing the shooting star press mm-hmm. instead of the 630. And I'm like, okay, fine to finish it every once in a while, but when you make it a habit of that's how he's finishing, all of a sudden the shooting star press and the code breaker are his finishing moves. Yeah. It's and not as impressive as the 630. The, yeah, what happened to the 630? Mm-hmm. If it and I doubt that it's from him, his side of things. Yeah. But yeah, like whatever. I I just put it like, this way, it's like weird to go less impressive. It, yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. I think for TV, he should still be doing the 630. I totally understand if they want him doing like the shooting star press on like the live events or something to save yeah. his body, save 100%. the performers. But when you get around this is again Booking for TV. These are some of the most viewed shows on TV. Why would you not want to make your show as impressive as possible? The thing is that they don't seem to realize if you book superstars to be good early in their career, they are going to make you money 10 years down the line. You're going to build them into megastars. Think about when you started with John Cena. 10 years down the line, he turned the company into a billion-dollar business. Yeah. So... You gotta invest in your superstars early and treat them like they're gonna be a big star. And as a result, the fans will accept them as a big star. They we accepted the Shields as big stars because they debuted right in the main event and they were pushed hard out of the start. Now I'm not saying that's the way to go with every superstar that comes into the business, but look at Lacey Evans. She is in a title picture right now, and while a bunch of people are saying it's too soon, she is also a phenomenal athlete who can compete with the best of them. And she is being And pushed. I love her gimmick. I and her gimmick's her gimmick. great. Her gimmick's I great. I think it's unique and different and cool. Yeah, and it, it's just, it's <clears throat> really, really good. It's something different, and she's being pushed at the top 
So I will promise you guys this in about two, three years time, we are still going to see Lacey Evans as a top star in the WWE, mm-hmm. as opposed to sometimes just working their way from the bottom. And don't get me wrong, there are superstars who do need to work from the bottom and get over with the fans and work their way up through the card. But certain superstars, if you are debuted early on and you are being pushed as a big star, fans will care about you as a big star, whether it's a face or a heel. And they are just not doing that. They are not giving us these reasons to care about the superstars, right? Like, they're just not. No, and just to finish my point on the Ricochet thing is, like, I and you had said, like, if they want him doing the shooting star on live events, great, but on TV doing this but honestly that's why i thought they introduced the code breaker mm-hmm. that's why I, I was like too. oh i was like okay he did the code breaker that's his like finishing move that he doesn't have to do the 630 every time right yeah have a second one right like jericho got the code breaker because you don't want to use the walls of jericho every time right mm-hmm. like guys had different things because you don't want to do well, Daniel Bryan went from the label lock to the running knee. Um, yeah, exactly, John Cena's now got that weird Super Saiyan punch, right? Like, there's yeah, you yeah. don't want to get. Although he, I haven't <laughs> seen him do it in no. a while, but, but you don't want to get too locked down on. I need to do this one move uh, because if it's, it, I find it more if it's a submission move or if it's an aerial move. You need a move that you can just hit. Yep, and like win off that, right? So. I liked that they introduced the codebreaker for him. I was like, oh, cool. Okay, yeah, that's that makes sense. But then all of a sudden, I've seen him do shooting star press and shooting star press and shooting. And it's impressive. It looks great. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, what? where's the 630? And then they did the same thing with uh, Ali, where the 054 is now just a 450. And I'm like, that's not special. Yep, exactly. So, We've seen like, him before. Him yeah, have him still do the 054, but have him do something else. Give him a, a code breaker type move, right? Mm-hmm. Like a move that he can just hit. Well, I, I don't know why they wouldn't go with his um, face buster out of the corner, you know, where he rolls through and right up into the face buster and down. Make the guy sell it more to make it look like a more vicious move, and there you go. Like, yeah. that's a that's a possible finishing move to break out of the corner. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, it's, an it's just, it's just attention to detail, right? That's, that's the big thing right now inside of WWE is they are not paying enough close attention to detail and they have so many superstars right now that it's like, it's random. Who do they want to push this week? Who's going to get a win out of our bag of tricks, right? And then it doesn't matter next week because they just draw out of a hat. They don't continue storylines to the point where it makes sense for the fans there are very few superstars who have had consistent storylines for the past four months right yeah. very very few Miz being one of them his his rise has been great he's mm-hmm. one of the few superstars though who have stood out with a consistent storyline that advances every single week very few um but anyways, after all of uh, those names were announced, we ended up getting a two-on-two match. Strowman and Ricochet defeated Corbin and McIntyre. And again, there was nothing uh, physically wrong with this match. I thought the ending was good for McIntyre punching <clears throat> Corbin uh, and then leading to Ricochet and Strowman picking up the win. That was booking 101. I liked it. The match itself was fine. And was I'm, I'm going to say that about a lot of matches this week. They were fine. No, it's fine. Yeah. All right, uh, we then got the Usos versus Gallows and Carl Anderson, which, you know what, was actually a solid match. I really match. like this match. This yeah. was my match of the week, I'll just say it now. Okay. It was there really wasn't good. a whole lot of good matches, and this one stood out mm-hmm. to me. It was like, 
oh no this is a good good match and i really liked it because we actually got to see though gallows and anderson lost though the good brothers lost um and it was followed by a super weird i did not like the promo following it um yeah but the match itself i was like oh this is why these two teams are two of the best in the world like Mm -hmm. and they're both amazingly talented they're both incredible in that ring and they can tell a story in the ring and they did a great job and the usos won which Mm -hmm. like it sucks in the aspect for the good brothers because usos are the best team in the world you don't want to have them losing especially i mean they're not even going for the tag titles next it's not even like they're building to that which is weird but um you know what they're 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 building towards revival versus usos which should be a dream match and i couldn't give two fucks about it right now because they've destroyed the revival yeah um like i i know that uh, you were in the middle of a good point and everything but i gotta get this off my chest listen to who they've lost to over the past year this is the revival where their gimmick is the best tag team in the world Hawkins and Ryder, Black and Ricochet, DIY, Rude and Gable, Lucha House Party with the Lucha House Rules, B-Team, Ziggler and McIntyre, Lashley and Reigns. Yep. That is everybody that they have lost to over the past year and multiple times to each team. Best tag team in the world, my ass. That They yeah. suck. They suck. I mean, if you want to lose to DIY ricochet and black and maybe lashley and reigns yeah you know what though like i I get the losses when they happened but the thing is is that they have lost so much to teams like b team lucha house party that's what i'm saying hawkins and Ryder. like don't get me wrong hawkins and Ryder was a good moment at wrestlemania revival should have won the titles back the very next night and become bigger heels you know, yeah. if that's all you want. But like, they just don't do this. It's such short-sighted booking again. And now you're having the revival shave each other back. And I get it. It's a it's a funny thing to happen in the meantime. And sure, it jump starts a feud if you want it to. But we're talking Usos versus Revival. We didn't need any stupid shit with it to sell that match. Just hype it up of two of the best tag teams in the world going at it, going against each other, and you've got a match but you make them shave each other's back. You continue to have them lose for no reason. I'm just growing tired of it. Yeah. Do they not care uh, about tag team wrestling? I mean, I will say this. I found myself this week watching WWE and thinking, thank goodness AEW is starting in a couple weeks. Because I'm just intrigued to see, and honestly, like I've been seeing some of the, the impacts been doing, and I'm like, impact's I, been good. I know. I'm like, honestly, I'm intrigued to start just seeing some other wrestling mm-hmm. out there right now because the week on a week to week basis, because the week to week with WWE sometimes is great. It's incredible, and it really hits home. Other times are like this week where it. It's just garbage. Bad. It's just not exciting. And I should, and I hate it because I should be excited. There's a lot of names that I'm like, oh yeah, I really like this and this and this. And I'm like, you're just not doing it right. And then it's the little things that I, that you and I will notice. Maybe not everyone will notice, but it's the little things of Ricochet all of a sudden hitting a shooting star press instead of a 630 or uh, Ali hitting a 450 instead of the 054. And I'm just like, why? 
why are we changing this yeah. now? Is it like because he's on a more consistent basis and because it's a more dangerous move that he could get hurt? I mean, Ali was already wrestling once a week on 205. Like, he was pretty much wrestling every week there. Uh, and it's because Vince been... doesn't watch the product. That was a Triple H run product. Think yeah. about that. Seriously think to where the core problem lies right now. And mm -hmm. I love what Vince McMahon has built for us. I love what Vince has done with wrestling to get us to the point where we are able to watch the show weekly and care about the characters this much, right? He he got wrestling to this point. But just because he got it to this point doesn't mean he, he won't be the one who destroys it as well. He is he has taken superstars that have organically gotten over. Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy, Andrade Cien Almas. The list Yo, goes on and on. where was Murphy this? Like, no nowhere to be Nowhere to be seen. Um, it, it also goes into the fact that they didn't do any freaking qualifying matches on SmackDown either for the, for the match. They just put them all in, even though the way they revealed them was a little bit better because it was over the course of the night, right? But yeah. regardless, still, they just... It just seems like when they get into Vince McMahon's hands, he wants to make it his own in some way. And whether that means a name change, a finisher change, a gimmick change, it, he doesn't realize that superstars, when they get to WWE, when they have all these social media followers, it is totally different than what you used to book back in the territorial days or back in the early 90s. Fans have access to these superstars' video long before they are ever a part of WWE. They know these superstars. They know what they can bring to the table. And if you change their crap on the fans where they have already gotten over in one way, you alienate them from that audience and you make that audience only care about what you changed, not the superstar itself. Yeah. If... You debut a superstar and take a name away. What are people talking about on Twitter after? The name change. Not the debut, the name change. Think of Viking Raiders now. When they debuted as the Viking Experience, which we didn't get to talk about. What a freaking dumb name. When they debuted them as the Viking Experience. I still don't like Viking Raiders. I don't. I, it's like, at least I, better, but it's still not It's good. better, but I still... like. We're... They're the War Raiders, and here, man. The War and Raiders like, are War Machine. They came in even with a better name to WWE. Like, yeah. War Machine was awesome. But they just change things for the sake of changing when they don't need to be changed. Sure, you know, we look at it in hindsight, and Big E sounds maybe a little bit better than Big E Langston. But Big E sounds like a wrestling name. It's still two names, right? It's, yeah. it's the big show. It's, uh, you know, there's two names. John Cena, Randy Orton, The Undertaker. It's got multiple syllables. Ali. Sure, you got two syllables, but all right. Ali. Ali Andrade. Like, Andrade. Andrade. So where, where's the announcer's creativity when making their names feel better? Think about this. Justin Roberts goes out there to the ring for John Cena at WrestleMania. Coming down to the ring from Boston, Massachusetts. I can't say that word, just already letting you know. It is John Cena! Well, even with the one name superstars, like Edge, for instance, mm -hmm. it was always like, the rated R superstar! Superstar! <laughs> Like, you always had something else with it. Now it's just Ali, like, mm -hmm. or Andrade. And you're not going to be like, what? what's Andrade saying? El Idolo? El Idolo. Yeah, El Idolo. Yeah, El Idolo. Like, it's, yeah, there's just something that's missing. And I think it's a little bit of ego in the aspect that 
Vince, like you said, always has to make it his own. Mm-hmm. Always has to do something a little bit like, oh, it's my touch on it, right? Yep. This right. I'm gonna make it mine. And yeah, if he where, succeeds, I'm going to be a genius. And if he fails, oh, well, the wheel keeps on turning. It's on the performers because it's never on me, right? Yeah. It's always on the performers for not getting over. It's never Vince McMahon's fault. No. no you got to book superstars to get over. Otherwise, they, they're jobbers. That's the difference between jobbers and main eventers, how they are booked. Yeah. At a fundamental I, level, that's exactly what it is. 100% agree. I, I don't understand what's happening with certain people. And even like... I don't know. Like it's, it's just a weird time because normally Money in the Bank is one of my favorite, most exciting pay per views of the year, mm-hmm. and it's the aspect that I'm just like I don't really care. like looking through the two matches. I'm trying to think who I legitimately want to win, and who like I think should win, and mm-hmm. I'm just like I don't. No one like jumps out at me, right? Like. There's a few maybe more in the women's than in the men's. See, I, I, I've i got it kind of backwards. I'm thinking the men's have a few more obvious ones who could run with the briefcase than the women's. Like, the women still have decent sides, but, like... I think, what, like, Bailey, Ember... Yeah, I think I think your options Naomi. would be... Yeah, Naomi wouldn't be bad. Um, I, I floated out this idea. It all depends if Sasha Banks is able to return or not. Like, if WWE has just been keeping her to the sidelines, but and I'm not sure if you saw the tweet... But my idea here was that if if Sasha is able to go, why not have her attack Dana Brooke at Money in the Bank, play on this fact that Dana Brooke is bitching about uh, not getting opportunities and having another one stole away from her. There you go. You can add to her character right there and have Sasha Banks go into the match, turning her heel, winning the briefcase, and cashing in on Becky Two Belts after Charlotte beats her down. You have a new SmackDown Women's Champion then. Um, My only thing with it is I think it's time for a face woman like money in the bank here's the thing with with that if you're gonna my only thought process with this is trying to get one of the belts off becky lynch because you don't want both belts on her when you're clearly not unifying them right yeah you got to get that belt back to smackdown live it's been fun for becky two belts you got to get that back and you got to do it in a big meaningful way a way that isn't charlotte just beating her for the title Right, because that falls flat. That falls back to before WrestleMania. That falls to a point where we're going backwards. And we have always said this: you want to move forward in wrestling. You never want to move backwards. And if Sasha Banks is available, great. If not, then you can do something that like that with somebody else, or you can have somebody else win the briefcase and cash in on Becky that night if you wanted, or the following Tuesday night on SmackDown, whatever. I would just like to see if Sasha Banks is available. I think that would be such a fun little swerve seeing her attack yeah. Dana Brooke because she doesn't really fit in with the other competitors right now. You know, she's a not as good of a in-ring worker, not as good on the microphone, you know, kind of bland. And her whole story is she doesn't get opportunities, but yet she's been given two opportunities within like the last little bit. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird story for Dana Brooke. I would like her removed from the match if possible, but I don't know if we're going to get that. Um, No, like, I think she's definitely the weakest spot. I think, like, and again, this is back to not having qualifying matches. It's weird. But at the same time, like, I understand a lot of the names, like, as far as level of, if you think of it in a UFC type of format, right, where it's, like, rankings based off how they are record-wise and yada, 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 right, Uh, where they fall that way. 
like it kind of makes sense for the most part of the men and women in those matches of where they fall right Mm -hmm. there's a few where you're like okay like you're just kind of but i also don't like it because i think of the matches an opportunity where like even though you doubt someone's gonna win it's still like oh that would be really big for them like i remember back when like shelton benjamin was in it or finley or like rick flair at at like 60 years old like stuff like that where you're like oh like i doubt they're gonna win but that would be huge if they did like it would just be something really different that you're not expecting and they're in the match so they have the opportunity even if they don't win but they have the opportunity right so like that stuff i guess is always interesting to me to be like okay but now all of a sudden we're doing it where it's like seven people that pretty much legitimately could go you could just gradually naturally build to a championship opportunity they don't need the briefcase by any means they're already that level of person where like oh yeah if you put seth rollins up against uh like uh drew mcintyre or even baron corbin as much as that would be annoying whatever but he's the biggest heel you would still as a fan be like okay i get it like i get it i understand how you got there you don't need the briefcase for it right a ricochet sure the briefcase uh like certain guys like that or like uh dana brooke yeah the briefcase obviously would make more sense um ember to an extent like stuff ember moon makes a lot of sense as a money in the bank champion she really does Yeah. yeah so like that stuff you're like okay the briefcase makes sense for those people but a lot of them like nobody would complain if if like uh bailey or Naomi just got a title opportunity if they built it well to the Mm -hmm. next pay-per-view we'd be like oh yeah those are both former champions that are still at the top of the card it makes sense you built it the proper way yeah all they need to do is pick up one win against the champion even in a tag match or something by like getting the pin and be like okay well they beat her once they deserve it Mm -hmm. but you don't need a lot of these people in the match I'm I think it's just a giant misstep not to even have Ruby ride in the match as well. Like, oh yeah, like where? What did she do wrong? She was battling Ronda freaking Rousey not too long ago. She is the top heel, um, basically who isn't in that top echelon of superstars, right? Like on the women's side, broke up the riot squad. Yeah, like that. I I guess Sarah Logan, Sarah Logan, like Sarah Logan. Don't even like. I don't even care if Ruby's not in the match put Sarah Logan in the match. She had a great like, showing in that battle royal. Like the thing is is they get momentum behind superstars and then they forget about them. Why was not Sarah Logan immediately on Monday Night Raw after she was the second last in that women's battle royal? Mm-hmm. That was almost a star-making performance where Carmella went there and eliminated her from behind. Speaking of which, Carmella looking more and more like a heel. <laughs> Um, speaking yeah. more and more like a heel again. Very yeah. interesting as she shifted from the Battle Royal, eliminating her from getting outside of the ring, to now being all about Mela is money and she's going back At to being sassy. they showed her kind of transition, not yeah. like B-Team, that just all of a sudden is aligned with Shane. Yeah, that one, that one I think makes more sense in the fact that they were brought over for an opportunity. They weren't really looking like too big of heels. But, like, they, they still were acting in heel wave for the match, right? But yeah, I just didn't get it because I'm like, you didn't show us anything of also, how that came to be. All of a sudden, they're just heels. Or it's yeah. not even, like, a return where it's, like, 
like someone's out and then they return as a heel. That's different, right? It's very like, different. And also yeah. that that spot should have been saved for AOP or something like that. Like cuz the the I know that they're kind of injured right now, but why couldn't you've had like just Akam or Rizar come out in a one-on-one match against Roman and really mm-hmm. be like a a threat? Like you see these guys, they're big, right? They're absolute mammoth of men and they've got nothing going for them right now. With a really, really weak SmackDown tag division, they would be awesome in it because are Primo and Epico still on the roster? Yep. By the way, so the Colognes... I thought that was—I legitimately thought it was going to be them. I was like, "Oh, who as was a heel that we last saw? Yeah, that's been out for a while or something, and would kind of make sense as like, just like, oh, they're they're going to lose, or and then it was B team, and I was like, why, why? Like their characters are the exact same; they're still B team, B team." Oh, go, go. Yeah. That's not a heel. Team. It is not a heel team whatsoever. The only heelish thing is if they're going kind of the way that Bo Dallas was when he was a heel, when he, like, the Bo leave. Yeah. Like that I'm not sure if that's where they're going with it because I remember uh, reading somewhere that WWE recently filed for a trademark called the B Team University. So I don't know what that means, what they got planned going forward, but sounds like another goofy comedy spot. Yeah, what, what, more what we need of inside WWE. Just the common theme is that it's lazy booking everywhere. Yeah. It's lazy booking, not giving, again, fans a reason to care about the show that is going on in front of them. Um, Let's quickly talk a little bit about Bray Wyatt, though, man. So on, I love it. Me too. I love it me so too. much. It's, I'm intrigued. I'm ready for Bray. I love him. As a performer, this dude is wild. His little like at the end, you just and the little All you gotta do when you sense the dark is let me in. Bye. <laughs> like <laughs> like the little the little like where all of a sudden he's like, all you need to do is let me like you see the dark like what do you mean? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to do? It's like, just, what is it you're, it needs to get more and more creepy as well. It needs to dive further towards like Saw as well. Like just that creepy care. Like, oh man. He's, and I'm really, I am really, really hoping that um, they don't the buzz, well that, but the buzzard <laughs> is going to turn out to be Eric, uh, Eric Young, Eric Young. and uh, Penny the Witch is going to turn out to be uh, Nikki Cross. And who's going to end up being? I don't know. The rabbit is the one that is. Rabbit. Yeah. That's what I was, because I saw your tweet about that. Or I saw about that uh like eric young and nikki cross and then i was like well who would be the rabbit yeah because that wasn't there beforehand uh no. this is a new character also what's yeah. really really cool uh in the background i uh, of like the bray white thing you you saw that that photo that was hanging up in the background before he hung up like the house being burnt right his painting yeah that was a picture of sister abigail coming out of the ground um, was it? It is. So I can actually, can I screen cap this really quick? Yeah, I can. Um, yeah, so just in the background there, Sister Abigail is raising herself out of the ground. And I wonder if that means that something else could be coming. Uh, do you see that right in the side there? Yep. That little photo? Yeah, just to the left there, uh, Sister Abigail just raising out of the ground. So that could be a sign of things to come as well. Like. The one thing I wasn't huge on this week with the Bray Wyatt stuff is they showed it on Raw, great, and then they showed the exact same bit on SmackDown as well. And this is yeah. me nitpicking about mm-hmm. it, but I was like, either show two different things, 
or only show it once. Yeah, I, I, I get why, but at the same time, I'm like, I like as a fan who's watched both shows. Yeah, I already saw this. This is now a five minute bathroom break for me because I don't need to watch it again. I absolutely agree. I uh, and I, I think I could understand why they're putting it on both shows as well. Like you said, like for fans who miss it, for the casual audience, yeah. whatever. It's, it needs to be on there on both shows. I, I totally get it. And I uh, I absolutely And believe agree. it or not, some people only tune into SmackDown or yeah. only tune into Raw. So I get it. Absolutely. Uh, just the one thing with that that I will say is I I just don't know if he's going to be on Raw or SmackDown. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I He could be on SmackDown. He could be on Raw. It feels like a Raw gimmick. It, it does. It feels like something that should be on the flagship three-hour show where they really have yeah. time to run with the vignettes. It's tough to do vignettes on SmackDown. You it just is, don't have the but same type of time. At the same time, SmackDown has been moving more more to a promo heavy style of show with only handful of wrestling throughout it. So I could also see Bray Wyatt flourishing on that show. He hasn't been on yeah. SmackDown in a little bit. Um when he was on SmackDown, he became the WWE champion. Just there's one major question that lies with this. How does this transition into an in ring performance? You know, what is that transition going to be? And that is the major question that is going to be surrounding Bray Wyatt's character. If this can continue to be as good as it is once he steps inside the ring. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see what goes on uh, when that happens and when that's going to be. Um, but I think as of right now, he's been great. He's getting me excited because we were I was already excited for him to be back. I mean, as a fan of wrestling, as a fan of him, uh, knowing what he can do, I was already excited. And then this is just so different, but the same, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yep, it makes total it's sense. so different, but the same. And I'm like, I like it because it's still true Bray Wyatt. It's still mm. the character that like we have learned to love, right? And like connect to. But it's in a different way where you're like, okay – I'm intrigued to see where this goes. And I, I do think it's going to be different once he's in the ring. Um, but I think he he is the talent to continue to do it. I think he's doing a great job on social media. Yes. As far as uh, keeping up with it as well. Also, um, kind of a cool little thing to quickly jump in there with social media. Uh, Bray Wyatt replied to like a, a fellow YouTuber on Twitter uh reacting to the the firefly funhouse segment you know wrestling days yeah 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 so wrestling days very very similar size channel does very similar stuff to what we do here and he got a reply from bray white literally didn't mention him at all or anything like that just he was just just literally replied the firefly funhouse yeah and bray white replied with something like keep going just that it that's it keep going i thought that was just so cool so he's doing a good job with social media as well but yeah um, what do you say? You let's move into Becky Two Belts and Lacey yeah, Evans. Yeah. Uh, um, do you want to just rip through the actual Raw recap quick? We don't actually have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was Lashley fine. defeated Miz uh, with help from Shane coming out, distracting him. Uh, what do we have? Viking Raiders defeated Lucha House Party. The right call, obviously. Yep. Um, although I think that Lucha House Party got way too much offense in on that. Um, I, I get what they were trying to do. They were playing the numbers and the yeah, fact that they snuck just, attack them. It, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't opposed to that segment, you know? I, I no, thought it built I just, them up fine. 
I just thought it was weird, like how at one point it was just Lince Dorado, was it? Yeah. And he was like actually getting in good offense against them. I'm like, what? This is your like team, mm-hmm. and you're just letting them get what like, I will say stumbly from it. Yeah, what no. I will say with that, I, I I agree when you're trying to book somebody like uh, the Viking Raiders here. You want to put them as over as strong as possible. And when you've had superstars like Kalisto, Lindsay Dorado, and Grand Metalik not be the most over superstars on the main roster, it, it makes them look a little weak. I absolutely do agree. However, mm-hmm. uh, they have been showing more of their chops on 205 Live recently. Right, and they get okay. a lot of airtime over there, and I totally understand WWE's attempt to make their 205 Live superstars look good against some heavyweights. I understand yeah, that fair. idea, but again, it was poorly executed, especially early on against the Viking Raiders. You know, you want to build them up to be strong. Um, that honestly should have been the spot where B Team went in against them, and because yeah. B Team is more over as a baby face, and that could have been their farewell from Monday Night Raw before they ended yeah. up on SmackDown, giving them momentum going into SmackDown Live. Yeah. Right? Little things. Little booking. Everybody's got to be booked well to get people over. It's... Uh, all right. Uh, what is next, though, on the list to talk about? In well, our... Bliss Bliss introduced the women's stuff. It was her, Naomi, Dana, and Natty, which we talked about. Yeah, I like, the way Bliss, I like the way Bliss revealed herself. I thought that was a great heel move. She's confusing me. Is she? Okay. Um, because there's moments where she seems like she's possibly kind of turning face-ish and then all of a sudden she does that and i'm like oh no you're still a heel but then like the week two weeks earlier the week earlier whatever when she had sammy on moment of bliss mm-hmm. she's kind of defending the universe and she's kind of ripping on sammy and i'm yeah. like i don't i get I'm where like, you're coming you from face or are you like are you transitioning to a face or are you just a heel that's just doing random things i think she's gonna be one of those superstars who are going to be a tweener for a while because she is incredibly over with the casual audience mm-hmm. and she is incredibly disliked right now by the hardcore audience because she's she's good at her job. She's working yeah. them like crazy. Uh, and so it's a very weird combination, right? Because the casual audience loves her. She's gorgeous. She's got a great smile. She puts on good matches. Like I believe she's like a five-time women's champ or something like that. Yeah, she's known. Absurd. She's known by the casual audience, right? Crazy. And so I totally understand this idea of playing with both sides. Sometimes defending them, sometimes not. And it keeps her character fresh each and every single week. Mm-hmm. Sure, it'll be confusing if she's on the babyface side or the heel side. But if that's the way we're starting to move forward with characters where there's not so much as good and bad and it's more so shades of gray, she could be a really good transitional character for a lot of people to bring that out of them. We saw that with Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey, the shades of gray. Why not Alexa Bliss too, right? Yeah. Um, Then Naomi defeated her. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Naomi's (laughs) great. I love Naomi. Uh, So either one of those could have won that. It's just whatever mm-hmm. uh then becky two belts and lacey evans get into a nice little brawl mm-hmm. um it was good uh yeah. the promo was fine beforehand i liked how lacey evans just went right down and showed that she is not afraid to get her hands dirty nope um you know what i'm i'm all in on this lacey evans character we talked about this when she first debuted that she she's got a character that can go far she really does yeah. very very high on lacey evans I can't remember if it was 
I think it was on Raw. She was getting interviewed in the ring by Charlie Caruso. Or was that SmackDown? Wait, Becky Lynch? I think it was Raw. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Raw. Becky Lynch, yay. Um, Yes, Charlie Caruso on Raw. Yep, there we go. Yeah, I, I, littlest thing, but just like kudos to Becky on being amazing because the littlest things that she does, like the fact that she just, like Charlie said something, I think she said like, let's take a look at the preview or whatever of this. And then it was just like showing what happened the week earlier. And Becky just looks at her and she's like, that's not a preview. She's like, that's a... that's a reminder or whatever. And then she's like, you know what? You're done, Chuck. And she yeah. just called Charlie Chuck. And I, the littlest thing of that, I was like, oh my God. Like the fact that she calls Charlie Caruso Chuck is so small. And I don't think anyone should love it as much as I do. <laughs> but I do love it so much because I'm like, Chuck is a nickname, a traditional classic nickname, short form of Charles or Charlie. So it's hilarious that she's like, Chuck, you're done. Give me the mic. Like, takes it from her. And I'm just like, oh, It's Becky. really, I don't know why you're we so haven't, good. we haven't tried to create more of a uh, dialogue between the interviewers, right? Think about Mean Gene. How many people yeah. had something with Mean Gene back in the day? Like, when yeah. we're talking about a commentator who is over and a person of the announced team who is over, that's how you get it. That's how you create the memorable moments by giving them little nicknames like Chuck. Or think about when uh, Kevin Owens was constantly ribbing Tom Phillips and not calling him yes. by his right name. These are moments yes. that we remember, right? And yeah. it, it gets the announcer over throughout the long term. Again, always giving some sort of storyline to your performers. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be like you know anything grand. Just small little storylines that they can continue from week in, week out that gives them a character. Yeah, characters that it we makes can them care about. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. And there's one other, uh, either superstar or group. Something tells me it's New Day. It might not be someone else though who would do it, where they're like, "Hey, you're not this person," and they just like point it out, like, "You're not." Like, yeah, was Charlie? It was. Or you're it was not. Chris Jericho, right? Was it? Yeah, Jericho? I'm pretty sure it was Jericho. With I know. His list I know. Like, there's been a the few, day. and they're yeah. just where they're like, "You're not this person." Like, where's where's this interviewer? Like, where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? You're Kathy. Yeah. Like, where's Charlie? <laughs> right. And it's just like the littlest things like that just make you be like, "Oh, I should know who this person is." You should. By the way, did you see that new uh, new person on the announce team? I forget who it was. The blonde bimbo who could barely put together three second three seconds of uh, sentences, like. A, she stumbled all over her lines. It was on Monday Night Raw, I'm pretty sure. On the interview team? Yeah, on the interview team. It was either Raw or SmackDown. I can't remember. But I think this... it was SmackDown. Okay, but I she did, was... I did notice. I was like, who is that? Yeah, and she she butchered her like first three lines. She... Do you know who's been butchering lines lately? Who's that? Shane fucking McMahon. Yeah. Jesus, take the microphone out of his goddamn hand. Both weeks, last week and this week... He's just butchering lines. Like his his words just aren't coming out right. Yeah, I don't and know I what it is. It is he just not good as a heel? Like I don't know, man. It's just like he's just literally just saying words wrong. He's don cherrying it. Yeah, hardcore. God. And for any of you non Canadians out there, that don't and non hockey fans, don cherry, just YouTube don cherry highlights and you good old Canadian like kid. 
he's just butchers names brutally he's yep. just all over the map uh -huh. with his words but yeah shane's been bad uh yeah no she wasn't great but also i'll give her benefit of the doubt like she's new nervous uh, first time i've ever seen her yeah she's got to be nervous TV, for sure but nervous 100 percent. those man. are the people where you get them their reps down in nxt announce teams are no different than anybody else get mm -hmm. them their reps do it over and over get tv experience and then mm -hmm. put them on the main roster don't just put somebody right there without earning their stripes and getting through even I, like, on 205 mm -hmm. do it on 205 or 205 UK like, or whatever like aiden like, english prime example right he's been good on commentary um, i like him yeah but you and, weren't you're not just gonna throw him on smackdown or raw exactly it's it's what happened with renee young as well i would have liked to see her be more on the announced team down in nxt for longer i know she used to be back in the day but before she jumped right on the main roster why not have her go alongside maro freaking ranello and teach her how to be one of the best play-by-play -play slash color commentators there is um it, like don't get me wrong i like renee young on the main roster still but she she still does have those moments where you're like okay there she's still new to commentating I think that if Corey wasn't on that team with her, it would be much worse. It would be atrocious. I think that her yeah. chemistry and friendship with Corey Graves helps it so much because they play off each other so well. Yeah, I think do. that he does a great job of keeping her interactive, and she does a – and because of how good he is at just being terrible, it gives her an opportunity to be like – oh i'll go the opposite of you mm -hmm. when you're good i'll be bad when you're bad i'll be good and stuff like that so i think uh they do a great job with that but i think if Corey wasn't there it would be drastically different it for her really would be Corey graves is so good at commentating mm -hmm. like it it sucks that we never got his in-ring career because it was looking like it was going to be promising as hell mm -hmm. but man like, Corey Graves on commentary, that is one of those things where it's like a blessing in disguise. Because I know Corey Graves could have probably been, you know, a, mid a solid mid-carder inside WWE and cut some Tag awesome, team guy, yeah, awesome promos, right? Like, that is absolutely on the wall if he was able to stick with wrestling. But him as commentator, I think he is going to be a voice of a generation. I think he's going mm -hmm. to be an eventual uh, Hall of Famer for his commentating skills. He yep. is just so damn good as his job. Like he really is. Yeah, he um, um he he's great. He and it's the littlest things, even just like how he they're showing the women's money in the bang match and he's like, Oh no. He's like, uh, the goddess and God's greatest creation in the same match. Who am I like what am I gonna do? And they're just like we we don't we settle down, don't Corey. Care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, really yeah. quickly, though, uh, as we were talking about Renee Young there, did you see the news with Dean Ambrose and the new vignette hyping up the return of yeah, John Moxley? Yeah, I, I, I saw on Twitter, I'm oh, so excited. Him breaking out of the prison of WWE, being chased by a big dog. Uh, I thought that was so freaking funny. The little details so there. I'm excited, man. These, it just proves what you can do. When you when you get those chains taken off by Vince McMahon, his first promo thing, I believe it's got like 15k retweets. His first tweet he ever releases, 15k retweets. People enjoy wrestling still. We enjoy good storylines. We just don't enjoy Raw or SmackDown right now. Yeah. And I think that's that's because of the booking. You know, the talent is there for sure. 
Anyways, though, very, very excited about Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley. I'm going to try to start referencing him to just John Moxley now because that's his name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, also just. I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> I was so caught. Put put it this way, man. I am a Dean Ambrose fan. I loved him. And it <laughs> was so Dean, much in my heart. I didn't want to see him go that I convinced it in my mind that it was a work and that it was going to be a good work and it was going to be good TV. And it, it just, no. Anyways, let's talk and about. And the fact the way that they did it was so different and unique and weird that we were like, yeah, I don't know. WWE doesn't seem like the type of industry, like the type of company to just be like, oh no, we're completely okay with you leaving. Mm-hmm. Like even considering guys that request, considering people that have requested release and there being time added on. Did you hear about like the revival getting, or at least uh, Dash Wilder added two months onto his contract due to injury? How petty can you be? They added yeah, like what like six months? Things down. I'm like, yeah. you have no plan of using us well. Like yeah. Luke Harper, you have no plan of using. Give me a, a legitimate rundown of what you plan on doing with me in the next year, and I will be like, okay. And you have nothing for me. Why should I stay? They are independent contractors. Me? And imagine hiring an independent plumber when you already have seven or eight plumbers and you don't need them to do any work. Yeah. Right? You're, you're, you're bringing the plumber there, yet you're le- you're telling him, just wait on the sidelines. We'll let you know when a toilet's clogged and we need you to go out there and fix it. Also, too, like, I don't know. There was a reason why way back in the day, like, it cross-promotion was pretty big. Like, way back, right? Like, mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan used to go over to New Japan. Like, guys like that would come over. Like, there was a cross-promotion aspect that if they were able to work out a lot and Chris Jericho tried to do it when he was in NJPW. Yep. Where he said, I'm the intercontinental champion here. Seth Rollins is the intercontinental champion there. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's have a three match thing. And why not? Like Pete, we're and not Vince, dumb Vince anymore. Shut it down. Right. We're not dumb. It's no longer just the WWE with a bunch of other promotions that we don't know about. We don't know these wrestlers from, and we don't care about no, the internet has allowed wrestling to grow bigger than it's ever been, and that's a good thing. Like, this yeah. is an incredibly good thing, but WWE, a.k.a. Vince McMahon, is so stuck in his ways. And, with, and that is the case with a lot of older generations as well. You are stuck in your ways. You are not willing to adapt to what is happening in front of you. And I will say this much. WWE has been great at adapting with social media, being ahead of the curve with the WWE Network, and knowing where to take their business. But what they forgot to advance is the storylines and the characters to update them to 2019. They just totally forgot to do that. And I don't know where it got lost along the way, but it happened. And we need to fix it somehow. 100%. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, man. Um, let's talk. Yeah, let, and... let's talk a little bit about Sami Zayn, though, really, really quickly, because I thought he was the standout of Monday Night Raw uh, with his promo. The only thing with him there, and I'm not sure if you're going to say the same thing, is that he's alienating the casual fans because the casual fans aren't the ones going on to Twitter and bitching about everything, right? They're Mm -hmm. straight up alienating them. So find a way to bring the casual fans into it somehow, and I think you got a gem with Sammy. What about you? What are you thinking? I think, uh, like, I love Sammy, and I think he's doing a great job with this current character. I think that we're running into a little bit of a situation where we were just talking about with Bray Wyatt 
how does this reflect on his in-ring? How mm-hmm. is he – he's still not wrestling. He wrestled one match on his first night back, and then he's had three weeks of complain about the fans, complain about the fans, complain about the fans. And he's, like, legitimate. And I liked this week the aspect of people were like, like, leave then, and he's like, I would love to. Like, I love that aspect of adding that in. But I was, I'm just like, okay, you got to do something with it now. And this isn't on him. This is on the writing. And where do you go from here? What does he do? Does he do a thing where, like Randy Orton was doing a little bit, where he's like, okay, now I'm going to start attacking your favorites, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that give you that reassurance, the John Cena's, the Ricochet's, the like guys like that, where you're like, oh, that's my favorite. Like sign this autograph, like do you start attacking them? Do you start doing something different rather than just coming out to the ring and venting essentially every week? Yeah. And how does it re- like replay into your in ring? Because it needs to, it has to somehow transition into that yeah. because you are a wrestler. Mm-hmm. You need to kind of do the same type of transition that you did with Drew Gulak going from the PowerPoint presentations to being annoying to the no-fly zones, to now being one of the better, more respected in-ring workers on 205 Live. They did that in a very, very subtle transition, right? And you kind of need to do the same thing with Sami Zayn, I think. Still have him be that person who comes out and holds the fans accountable, but start holding the fans accountable in different ways. Mm -hmm. You guys were mad over last week that this guy lost or whatever. Well, guess what? I'm going to beat him again. You know, I'm going to the ring to take uh, my frustrations from all of you. All of you can go to hell. You know, I'm going to beat your favorite. And that idea of, like you said, with Randy Orton attacking the favorites, you can kind of do with Sami Zayn. But you got to find a way to continue to have him be the one who holds the fans accountable because I think that's a great thing to have in 2019. But also find a way, like you said, to transition into an in-ring product that will make sense, that can sell money, that can sell seats. And it can also be great from the in-ring standpoint of if there's, and we always see it, there's moments where in-ring uh, matches going on and the crowd starts getting a little just antsy, like they start chanting certain things and certain moments like that where you can play on that with his character, his character currently they could start chanting on something and all of a sudden he could just get out of the ring and grab the mic and be like, you, you guys done don't now? deserve it. You done now? You're like, you like, don't deserve it. And just leave. Mm-hmm. Take the count out loss. Right? Yeah. Like he His character care. can Take be a count. guy who loses in so many different ways who and just doesn't, doesn't give the care. fan. Yeah, and just doesn't care. He just doesn't give the fans a full-on match, you know? Yeah, like, Imagine... you guys think that I care about losing? Yeah. No. No. Like... I'm here to Please. show you. I am here to show you that I am still okay when I am outside of this toxic realm of WWE. Yeah. And you know what? I don't plan on putting up with this toxicity today. Go to hell and leaves. Yeah. Even exactly. that. Like, mm-hmm. have him get announced for a match, come out, and then just like all of a sudden like react to the crowd, have a little promo, and then they introduce his opponent, and then he could just be like, No, nope. I'm not. I'm not doing it. No, nope, and leaves. just leave and like that stuff where he's still remembered as a wrestler because right now he's just some guy that's coming out and ranting to me yeah. and I'm like okay do something with it I absolutely or about agree it. yeah I think we should here's the thing that we could have also gotten 
a qualifying match with Sami Zayn versus somebody, he could have lost that and it could have fueled more of this character that the fans are toxic and that WWE is toxic and the chants were the reason why he lost and the, the fans the fans are so distracted with their own chants that he got distracted with it and for a moment he fell in to the fans trap and he promises to never allow it to happen again you know something like that if he, he seems like the perfect type of character to have an excuse for every loss and i hope that he does i hope he does something like the iconics not not to this the point of the iconics being so funny and everything but definitely having some sort of excuse right like the iconics yeah. like peyton royce saying she she was dehydrated the one week and then she drank too much water the next i thought that was hilarious um the fact that billy k is saying like you know if there's one thing you need to know about us is we go to the bathroom faster than anybody else like these little <laughs> things that they say still keep them as a heel keep them over the top serious with everything in their mind but it ends up being hilarious to everybody else mm-hmm. and Sami Zayn could also move into a character of that role right it, it, like eventually down the line his antics could be comedic but not for the purpose of being comedic if that makes any yeah. sense um Ray yeah Ray, Ray uh, and Joe was, uh, it was it's fine uh Ray got a win which is Okay. It was sloppy though. Um, was sloppy. Yeah, what why is Dominic there? I think honestly, it's to get Samoa Joe more heat when he beats up Dominic. I'm pretty sure that's gonna happen. Whether I mean it... and Dominic can take bumps yep. because he he trains, like mm-hmm. he's training to be a wrestler, so he knows at least he's done him before. Yeah, like he, he can he's enough to go into the Coquina clutch, you know, and stay in there and sell it for his dad. I don't know if they're planning on having some more matches here between Joe and Ray or whatever. Um yeah. but it it's again it falls into fifty fifty booking, but the problem with this fifty fifty booking is your fifty fifty booking veterans. That means that they're not yeah. they're not advancing anywhere, right? These stories are being very, very stagnant right now. Yeah. Um. I I think Joe is going to beat up Dominic at some point. I think that has to happen. He's been around TV too much for there not to be some sort of payoff yeah. with that. Um. Or maybe it's not Dominic that gets beat up by Samoa Joe. Maybe it's somebody else that ends up doing it, and that kickstarts the next feud. Right? Who knows? Yeah. Like um. But I think Dominic is there with the sole purpose of getting whatever feud that it's going to be involved in. Moreover. Maybe Dominic is going to get a United States Championship opportunity at Money in the Bank. You never know. He's got to beat his dad for it. Maybe we're going to get another custody of Dominic match between Joe and. Uh, yeah, I think he's Ray. a little I bit mean, older. For I'm gonna that I'm now. gonna say I'm gonna say this much. Uh, Dominic looks like he could be more of Samoa Joe's son than he does Ray Mysterio's. <laughs> he's like a foot taller than Ray. Like it's ridiculous. How like he's a big boy? How tall is Ray's wife? Um, or at least the mother her, of her brothers are yeah. like, yeah, something like yeah. that. How tall is the men on that side of the family? Cause Ray yeah. is not a big guy as we all know. He is not. Let's talk about the main event, the contract signing that should have been more hyped up than it was. We're talking yeah. about a face to face between the, the best, you could call them best wrestlers from their generations. Um, styles versus Rollins, but yeah. I, I think it like I'm the match is gonna be great. Yep. I think that we know that the match is gonna be great. I think that we didn't need AJ attacking Seth. I think Maybe. that I would have um, been fine with just the The stare down. 
the stare down and like even yeah. keeping it respectful i don't even care it's just the aspect of that uh yeah it just fell short for me i wasn't huge on it i'm i'm still excited for the yeah um was there a little uh, was there a little quote throughout it where Styles said something about having like a club at his back or a club at his disposal was am i just making that up or was that mentioned somewhere in the promo no you mentioned it i don't know i want to say he mentioned something very subtle about a club of his own i i could be wrong and... well cuz he did mention how how are you doing like without your yeah your brotherhood, your, like, backup. So anyways, I want to pass the question to you, man. Would it be too soon if, say, the club did get involved, you know, Gallows and Anderson, now that they're on Raw, is it too soon to put the title right on AJ Styles and take it off Rollins after the WrestleMania build? I mean, no, it's never going to be too soon for AJ, right? Mm -hmm. Like, AJ will always be a successful champion. He'll face... Doesn't matter who he's Put it, taking it off. Doesn't matter. The only thing is if it's going to hurt Seth too much. Yeah. And um, the thing is, I could totally see as long as AJ Styles turned heel, like full heel, like yeah. full on dark side turn with the club, you know, and then it created Seth Rollins chasing the title again. And we got a story that followed out of that, like because sometimes you know baby faces need to chase titles. That sometimes the chase yeah. is better than the uh, the baby face reign afterwards. It's right? reaching the mountaintop, it, the journey to the mountaintop, and getting there mm-hmm. is what as fans we get excited about. It's not them staying at the mountaintop. Yeah, I absolutely. We're like, agree. great. I don't care. You've been champion. Like even honestly, I love Kofi. I'm already like. Ah, yeah, the build was so much better than... The build was definitely better right than what's happening right now. Yeah, I think so Kofi we're... Kingston is unfortunately falling in, falling into the fact that he doesn't have the New Day brothers beside him, right? Big E getting injured. Unfortunate. A very injury. unfortunate injury, right? But I will also say this about Kofi Kingston is he still found a way to make me care oh, yeah, about that main been... event and care about the, the whole contract yeah. signing or whatever it was, the Kevin Owens show, I should say. And... Yeah. I, I want to see him beat up Kevin Owens. I want to see Kofi Kingston get his hands on KO. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The the build going into WrestleMania had Kofi Kingston on a much higher level. Same with Becky Lynch. Same with Seth Rollins. Yeah. You know, and now we got the baby faces at the mountaintop, but they're all baby faces. So yeah, we have no heels up there where it's like we have no baby face to support right now. Exactly. Um, because even our even tag team even our mid card champions like Samoa Joe's a heel, sure. Our tag team champions in the Hardys just released the belts. Um, and Finn Balor's the IC champion, you know. Uh, Kurt and Zach are Yeah, Kurt tag. and Zach are a raw tag. And Tony Nese is 205 live tag. Johnny Gargano is the NXT champion. Um, we have a lot. Velveteen's, Velveteen's an in-betweener. He's an in-betweener, so yeah. He, yeah, he's yeah. a tweener. And then... Uh, the War Raiders. Uh, sorry, Viking Raiders. They are the are NXT they, are tag being, champs. Are they still being called War Raiders on NXT, though? To be quite honest, I didn't watch the last couple weeks, so I don't know. Um, yeah. Can find I, out tonight. I hate, <laughs> I hate that they think... I don't know. I wouldn't even say that they think we're stupid as fans. I just hate that they do that. We're like, there's a bunch of fans, like you and I, or pay attention to NXT still and know and watch and stuff and then all of a sudden we're like oh sweet they're finally getting called up to raw 
wait, the, why did they change their name? And why don't they have the tag titles with them up on Raw? Yeah, it's... That is it's one weird. thing that is also going to really irk me, is if you had plans to bring them up that soon after WrestleMania, why didn't somebody else win the Dusty Tag Classic, like the Forgotten Sons or something, and go on to take the titles off of them? Yeah. Right? Like, I'm not saying I want to see the, the Forgotten Sons as tag champs right now. You could have done Street Profits. You could have done Mustache Mountain. You could have done a bunch of people to take the titles temporarily undisputed off of era. Them. Undisputed era. Yeah, undisputed and era. And that's a way that you could have done it that makes sense why War Raiders would lose because Undisputed Era would obviously cheat to win. Yep. They have the numbers advantage. Somebody illegally interferes, and then all of a sudden, oh, shit, they lost the titles. Sweet, now they're on Raw. And I, I get it from the aspect of maybe the losing at NXT TakeOver makes you be like, oh, they're getting called up. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, they're called so, up. Yeah, like, they're called up. And we don't know for sure until lose. we watch Raw, right? Like, we can have an yeah. idea. But the thing mm -hmm. is, is we get that idea in our head and we get excited for Raw. You know, we're like, oh, yeah. we might be seeing a call up tonight. Yo, let's watch Raw. That's yeah. called hype, WWE. It's good for your show. It makes people tune in. Yep. Um, all right. Let's quickly talk about SmackDown Live as we are now over an hour. Um, it, it, again, the show falls into lazy booking. Uh, it was better. It was better than Raw. But again, it fell into lazy booking with the money in the bank, both the men's and women's just announcing them. I know you're not against it. Majority of people out there wanted to see some sort of qualifier, some sort of additional thing added to Money in the Bank to make. I you think care they'll go back it. to it next year. I think I, they have next to. year, one hundred percent, they'll go back to qualifiers. This year just fell way too flat. Yep. And but the thing is, that is now we're talking about the the past two Money in the Banks. The winners have not gone on to do much with them, right? No, they have not. It's been it's been Alexa won. Yep. And, Carmelo won. Mm-hmm. Twice. Carmelo won twice. Remember that? A yeah. man pulled it down. No, first. I mean, I yeah. mean, they used them to win. Them. Oh, yes. They used yeah. the briefcase to win both women's in the last two Corbin years. Corbin lost. Uh, and um, Braun lost. Yeah, and Braun lost. So, like, so, there's just, you know, we, we need a winner. The money in the bank should be the mid-card title of this day. It should be the intercontinental title of this day used to elevate people. That's what money in the bank should be used for. It should be used for up-and-coming stars who are over with the fans, heel or babyface, doesn't matter. And it should be given to them, not a uh, not a superstar who is hanging around who can get to the title on their own, right? And if they flop yeah. as champion, they flop as champion. But if they don't, you create a megastar, yeah. right? You never and that's know. And that's why Baron winning it was a great pick mm -hmm. when he won it when right? he won it but then you had him um, lose you didn't give him that opportunity to see what he could do as champion yeah and even that's fine because he's he's managed to stay he's been top, fine obviously. he's been fine because he is a a damn hated good heel person. and he's hated yeah. and that's and his character changed his yep. character changed as well so that helped yep. um but him that type of guy winning it makes the most sense braun winning it Sure, you got Monster in the bank. That's fine. But also, that's a guy that doesn't need to win that match to get there, like we said. Exactly. He can just dominate and then be like, oh, no, obviously you're getting a title shot because you've destroyed everyone in the locker room. Absolutely. It should always be reserved for somebody who is either the lower on the card, right, and you want to advance them through the card over the next year, like a Carmella. You know, she held on to that thing for over 200 days, and she advanced up the card until she became women's champion and did a damn good job as women's champion mm -hmm. as well. 
she that's another person who became a star after winning money in the bank and being built up right with the money in the bank briefcase right yeah uh it could also be given to somebody who is just on the cusp of becoming champion but needs that tiny little extra thing and those normally dean Dean. Dean, they did it with dean which was great Mm -hmm. he uh that one made sense that one made a lot of sense and and it could make a lot of sense with drew mcintyre you know um Andrade is is one of those guys who would be holding on to the briefcase for a while to build him up to becoming the world champ again. But Drew McIntyre could be like like the Dean Ambrose, a cash in that night if he wins it, right? Yeah. Um, there is some options definitely for superstars to win it out of the eight superstars in each match, right? Yeah, there is. But yeah, I just wish I just wish that you know we would be given reasons to care about the individuals. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Bailey. Let's talk a little bit about that match. I wish the match would have been better, um, yeah. but it, was it wasn't bad. There. It was there. Uh, Bailey, unfortunately, losing steam after last week. You know, she she should have got the win against Flair uh, last week. You know, that was so very short sighted booking that she didn't pick up the win. Uh, and now we're going to get Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch at Money in the Bank again. And don't get me wrong, it's going to be a fine match. Those two always tear it down, but. Could have made a new start with Bailey. They didn't do that. Uh, Hardy Boys. I would not oh, sorry. be shocked. Sorry, I would not yeah. be shocked if Charlotte wins it. I, I wouldn't either. It's... I think that they could, like Vince, very well could be like, okay, we gave we gave you your you fans the universe. You're Becky Lynch at Mania. Like mm-hmm. now, back to Charlotte. I would not be opposed to that if there was a Money in the Bank cash in on her that exact night. You know, on Charlotte, on Charlotte, the on, the, on Charlotte in the same night, because that would be the reaction of how fans would go about it. Right. You would you would hear the arena deflate after Becky Lynch loses. Yeah, you would. And then Charlotte Flair picks up that title, holds it high, big smirk on her face. Evil. You know, fans boo her. Maybe Becky Lynch attacks her afterwards because that fits in Becky Lynch's character, leaving the opportunity for maybe somebody like Ember Moon, who maybe walks out with the uh, money in the bank, cashes in, cashes in that night, and all of a sudden Ember Moon feels like a far bigger deal than she did before. Yeah. Not only is she champ, but she pinned Charlotte Flair to take the title off of the most hated woman in the super uh, most hated woman in the company, right? Yeah. So I think that would be not a bad way to go about it if yeah, they did it. Yeah, and that I way. think I think she would do it in a way too, like because Ember Moon's a face and the style that that type of person is, she wouldn't do it in a way like where I don't know that necessarily Becky beats up Charlotte after. I think Charlotte's standing there. Maybe Charlotte even beats on Becky, after. and she comes out to save her. Maybe and she's hits like, her with something. And she's yeah. like whatever, and then all of a sudden. You just hear Ember's music hit, and Charlotte snaps her head over, and, and that starts Ember the like match. comes out with the briefcase, just like kind of shaking, smiling, and comes out and wins it. That would be great. That I, would be, I'd good. be about that. Yeah, I think that would be the only way I want to see the title transition onto Charlotte is if you're going to create a bigger moment for the following champion there, because Becky Lynch being cashed in on would have to be cashed in on by a heel, and that would make them a very, yep. very good heel, right? Like we mentioned before, with potentially Sasha Banks, if she were to come back, that would be a great way to cash in um, if she won the money in the bank. But we're speaking all about ifs and whats and everything. Let's talk about actual facts that the Hardy Boys had to relinquish the tag team titles, and all of a sudden the SmackDown tag division is in shambles. Yeah. We've we've got Usos uh, breaking up 
Ricochet and Black. Losing uh, the Good Brothers. You breaking know. up the bar due to injury. I yep. get it. Uh, Cesaro's hurt right Or not Cesaro. Uh, Sheamus is hurt right now. So that sucks. So uh, that leaves that leaves heavy machinery, colognes. Um, who else? Uh, not sanity anymore. Not sanity um, anymore because they broke that. Man, this would have been the time for sanity, wouldn't it? They were just coming out of that little bit of a feud with Shane McMahon, or not with Shane McMahon, but fighting for Shane McMahon. The tag division gets absolutely destroyed by injuries and the superstar shakeup. Sanity could have Daniel right Bryan now. and Rowan. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's injured right now. Um, oh, is he? We don't know, though, what the injury is. Uh, it's actually starting to get very, very worrisome because it has been since WrestleMania, and we still have no updates on the situation. But, yeah, Daniel Bryan is reportedly out injured right now, so that's actually very concerning. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. If Daniel Bryan is good to go, use Daniel Bryan and Rowan in the tag division. That would be an awesome tag team yeah. champions. It Shinsuke really Rusev? Shinsuke on. Rusev is still there. Yes, that's another one. They would be logical step-ins for the next title reign. Yeah, because um, they don't really have them or heavy, uh, heavy, yeah, heavy machinery. Heavy machinery might be quickly rolled in. Or, but, like, yeah, those two teams seem like they're the next ones to at least feud over it. Yeah, is there is there anybody that they could call up from SmackDown? Is just the tag division right now very thin I, it, all throughout, like, the the WWE? It seems like it is. I just feel like they've hit an injury bug, unfortunately, at an unfortunate time. I think mm -hmm. that they made some moves um, thinking, oh, this is going to be better in the long run. And then at the same time, they happen to hit an injury bug, and it's yeah, it's just unfortunate timing. Yeah, because um, especially with so, the Hardys being like the tag champs, I bet you they yeah. wanted to keep them strong for a while. Yeah, yeah and we'll see but likely like you said Rusev and uh I mean good for Rusev and Shinsuke works out yeah, for them. Yeah. It it works out. It'd be nice to see Shinsuke on TV a little bit more yeah. and Rusev can get over like Yeah, they could have if they knew this injury stuff was coming, they could have very easily uh kept Bobby Roode and Gable together yep. and just moved them over to SmackDown. They're they're a acceptable team. You know what? Right? I would at this point I would try somebody else with Gable. You know, on SmackDown. I just like, feel bad. I, I honestly was thinking that, and then I thought... Oh, you cut out, man. Your microphone cut out. Oh, I, I just don't want them to because uh, I was thinking that, but I don't want them to because it just seems like at that point, you're falling into too much of a trend of like, oh, he needs someone else, which he doesn't. He's yeah. an incredible performer. Stop making him need someone else. Like, give it some time. Give it some breathing room. Give it some time, right? Yeah, um, I understand what you're saying with that, but also you got to look at opportunities on the roster, and right now if you want to put him into a makeshift tag team, you can create a tag team for now and thus leading into a feud in the future when, you know, people fair. are back. Um like, why not take some superstars that are just kind of floating around doing nothing in the lower mid card right now and put them in a tag team and see if something sticks, you know? Yeah. Uh, tag team wrestling's good for that. It's good for creating storylines. Yeah, I mean, there's guys that they can use in the meantime, too. Like, Shelton Benjamin, what's he doing? Yeah. Uh, Killian Dane, what's he doing? You could reform, Buddy. yeah, you could easily reform Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable as a tag team for the meantime yep. if you wanted to. Um, yeah. Buddy Murphy, what's he doing? There's guys, Mojo Raleigh, wherever he is, at the moment, and like this time would be okay to just be like, 
oh, he's on SmackDown now. Yeah. Luke Harper, he's he literally, I mean, he wants to release, but there's guys. There is guys, use, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's Street Profits are main roster ready as well if you need a fun team on SmackDown, if you wanted to. Um, but just also really, really quick, I love that Lars Sullivan was the one to come out and destroy the Hardys, though. That keeps him looking strong. Uh, mm-hmm. I love him. I, I've said this, continuing to attack the older generation, I think is great. Uh, especially when R-Truth comes back in and tries to hit him with a steel chair. That creates a nice story for R-Truth and uh, Lars moving forward. But man, did Lars look like a beast when he punched that chair out of his hand. Yeah, I loved it. 100%. He's he's feeling like a potential next big show. He's Yeah, a, there was one yeah. thing too, I uh, last week and this week, I've loved and I thought about both times that I saw Lars out there and Truth out there is, Truth is the perfect, first rivalry for Lars mm-hmm. because he's not it's not putting him into a spot on the card where you need to be incredible where you need to be top tier but truth can go we've talked about it a number of times he can wrestle well he looks good and he's also okay to just lose right like Hill and Lars will dominate him and it's good I think it's the perfect first rivalry. So as much as as much bad as they're doing in the writing, that is a is a shining that's a that's a sparkle in a piece of shit, basically. Yeah. Hey, I like that. So, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's glitter in a piece of shit. That like little things like that where I'm like, oh okay, that shines through because mm-hmm. you're doing one thing good. Yeah, and I'm very, very, very excited to see Lars' first match on Raw, or, or sorry, on SmackDown, because when he was in NXT, he had that great entrance with the silhouette and everything, and we haven't seen that yet. And I wonder if they're saving that on purpose, you know, so that in his yeah. first match, he feels like even a bigger deal when he comes to the ring, because mm-hmm. that entrance... I, it's just so unique. I've never seen anything like it before. We've always seen, you know, lights get shut down for scary people or red to invoke fear or whatever. But a bright, shining light that is blocked out by the silhouette of a giant. That is a cool, cool thing to see on your TV screen. I think this first match will be at Money in the Bank. It should be. It should be. I don't think that they're going to have them wrestle until then. If they do, it's. I mean, we're only two weeks away. But if they do, it's a mistake. I absolutely agree, yeah. Um, or three weeks away, whatever it is. Yeah. So, anyways, let's quickly talk about uh, Kari Sane and Asuka. I think they are a fun tag team. Uh, one thing that I will say about NXT is that they have uh, this weird continuing thing with the women's tag division, whether it's uh, they want to put the titles all over NXT plus Raw plus SmackDown. It seems like it's one week they want to do that, and the other week they don't. Um, yeah. but regardless, Kari Sane and Asuka being up on SmackDown Live, it's it's a good tag team to have. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Uh, I love both those wrestlers. I think I can't help but think it's a little strange. You think it's strange? That, no, that they're just like, oh, let's just, for lack of a better phrase let's just put these two asians together as a team because they're asians 
I don't see it like that, though. I'm a little um, bit... It's just weird that, like, why... Where's Asuka and Kari Sane's real connection Well, um, from that prior to this that you've shown us? No, they have not shown, shown prior it, connection. Exactly. Yeah, That's what haven't. I mean. Like, you've shown it with Naomi and Asuka. You've shown it with uh, some other things, right? Yeah, so, but I, I don't think this is one of those situations where it's, like, them being best friends and coming up because they're best friends. It's more one of those situations where Kari Sane is being called up and needs a mentor on the roster. And yeah. what better person to mentor you than a former NXT no champion doubt. herself and a former women's champion in Austin, no right? And, it, having, and having Paige as being the microphone as well for this team is good. It's amazing because both don't have great mic work mm -hmm. the thing that i'm like they very well could have just called up io shirai and kairi saying they're already a tag team they're Sky already Pirates, yeah. an established team why do you need to bring uh, and i get it maybe oh asuka doesn't have anything going right now we don't want to put her back into the main title picture put her in the money in the bank match yeah right? yep exactly like, give her a storyline here's the thing asuka's a big enough star to carry an individual storyline if you gave her one right yeah, you could just have somebody else like Carmella. I don't know who's starting to show a healer side. Maybe they engage again in some sort of mini rivalry on SmackDown Live. Think about like when we saw Andrade and Rey Mysterio continue their feud three, four weeks over SmackDown Live. Just zero in purpose action. of a title. Yep, zero title involvement, zero money in the bank, zero anything involvement, just a rivalry. Exactly. Like, WWE needs to remember. You can have rivalries without championships included or involved. You can make things bigger deals without Shane McMahon and The Miz. This is still an amazing rivalry that, like, Steel and it's still Cage, continuing. I, yeah, I hope. I hope Steel Cage is the last of it. It should uh, be. I, in the bank. It I'm, should be. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the loss at WrestleMania was shocking, the shock value. I think that the way that he lost wasn't really Shane McMahon beating him. Mm -hmm. So I think they did a great job with that. But I think, okay, Miz better win. And, and it should be and it should it. be Roman Reigns that cost Shane McMahon the win as well, you know, in, in the steel cage. Whether yeah. it's or just Miz just beating him. I don't care. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that you're going to have to find a way to get that feud really rolling with Roman Reigns yeah. and Shane McMahon. And I don't think yeah. there is any better way, any more obvious way than inside a steel cage, which is supposed to keep everybody out. And we know how steel cages work. When there's a rule that says everybody's got to stay out, somebody is usually getting in. And yeah. Roman Reigns getting in and beating the crap out of Shane McMahon inside a steel cage where he locks the door or something on the pay-per-view would be really, really fun. You know? Yeah, I uh, I think though that's the last of the Miz and Shane. I'm okay with that, and then Miz move them up, have them into a different rivalry. Mm -hmm. Uh, and like honestly, they just need to. You and I were talking about it. They just need to start doing more tournament based stuff, where things mean something, a future opportunity, uh, mm -hmm. this or that, whatever it is. Whether and I know it's, it's lazy. Game, whether it's in and U.S. It yeah, and I but know it's, it's good lazy. lazy. But it gets no, us invested. There's a, that's the thing. There's a yeah. built-in storyline when you don't actually need storylines. Yeah, like what I was, what I was more trying to say, I just couldn't quite get it out. Is it's lazy to do like a battle royal, but at least that battle royal 
matters for something, right? The number one contender, yeah. like you said, a tournament. These multi-men style matches where you don't have to do a lot of thought in the individual characteristics, but they're fighting for something. And everybody can relate to that, you know? These guys are fighting for an opportunity. Okay, I care about this match now because something is on the line. And yeah, like we've like we've said, WWE just doesn't make enough matches for us to care about. You know, yeah. they're just matches. And you can you can build story that way too, where it's I announce this week, hey, starting next week, we're gonna have a four round tournament to determine who will be Samoa Joe's competitor mm. at SummerSlam or at the next pay-per-view or whatever it is. Well, look how they did the it just United States title. Look how they did it just like 3 weeks ago, 2 weeks ago, I can't remember, where it was the two triple threat matches and then the main event was the winner of the two triple threat matches for the opportunity yeah. to go on to main event uh money in the bank. That is I also like, didn't think that that needed to be the same night, but No, it did it I didn't, but at least at at least we got a story. We got mul- we got 3 matches. We had stuff on the line. Two, two, yeah. three weeks ago. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, two weeks ago. Two weeks. Yeah, or last last week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, right. Yeah. So two yeah, raws because, ago. Um, yeah, I think too. Like we, and you can do it story wise because it would have made sense if all of a sudden that week Baron Corbin screws over Drew, mm-hmm. gets his match. This week he loses to AJ. Next week, the week before Money in the Bank, you have the and contracts. This week, th- this week would have happened, and there would have been some qualifying matches. Maybe not all of them. Maybe two of the like four. Yep. And I then agree the next that. week would be the next two. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, instead of having a qualifying match, maybe Baron goes to Vince McMahon or Stephanie or whatever and complains, like because maybe in the match against AJ last week. Drew comes out and screws Baron mm-hmm. because he screwed him out of his opportunity to even get there. Exactly. So now all of a sudden Baron complains and goes, I just des- I deserve retribution. Like I got screwed over. Now he's doesn't even need a qualifying match. That's where it's like, okay, that's fine. Maybe Steph or Vince go, Okay, fine, you're in the money in the bank. Yeah. And we would be like, Okay, well let's And that is it. such it a heel thing have. to have because yeah. he didn't qualify, right? And yeah. that would be a heel thing to do. But yeah, when you're it's... giving when you're giving Ricochet the spot, even though I love Ricochet, even though I'm loving the idea of him and Money in the Bank, when you have him lose the week before and then get gifted an opportunity, that is just it doesn't make sense. Wins and losses should matter. Yeah. Even if they did a qualifying match this week, a rematch between Ricochet and Robert Roode and Ricochet won. Sure. Sure. Yeah, it's 50-50 booking, but at least it makes sense why he's in the money in the bank. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Yeah, he beat him. Maybe last week was just a fluke. Yep. I get it. Really quickly here, Roman Reigns defeated the B-team. We talked a little bit about the B-team already. Uh, And, like, you know, the the match, I will say this much. I bought into the finish. I was invested in the match because Roman Reigns has a way of drawing emotion out of everybody when he's in a match. B-team looked fine. The match was fine. But again, it's just... Elias is fine. Like, I'm excited for that match. I'm excited that Elias is going to be wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited that he's wrestling against someone of caliber. Yeah, and he's... Yeah, like you said, caliber. He's in a marquee match. Roman Reigns versus Elias. No matter how much the fans want to bitch and moan about Roman... Uh, he's a top star, and he's nowhere near a big title picture right now. Why are you? Why are you booing him or anything like that? I just don't get it. But 
Yeah, uh, Who's Roman booing Roman. I haven't heard it. <laughs> Are there people booing Roman? Oh yeah, God, just oh, a few. God, people suck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Reigns <laughs> defeats the B team in a solid, not great match, but hey, it did its job. It did its job. Yep. Uh, Finn Balor and Ali versus Randy Orton and Andrade. Again, this is a match that would have served really good purpose next week if you would have had some sort of qualifiers, and then you have the two baby faces, the two heels. I think the SmackDown side of things is perfect. I don't think you can put a better four people in a Money in the Bank match than that. Um, yeah. Yeah, Bal- the only thing people are going to say is Balor being the IC t- uh, champion, he shouldn't really be in the match, but you weren't going to give him a title time. match before, and eh, that, that'll be fun. Um, Ali's going to be great in the match. Randy Orton, the veteran, and Andrade, one of my favorites to win the Money in the Bank. Yeah. Um, yeah, Balor and Ali defeated Orton and Andrade. This was my match of the week. I thought this was a really solid match. And, I thought it was good. Yep. Uh, but again, like you said, the 450 splash uh, is no longer the 054. Kind of Poor sucks. Ali, he, uh, he was the last man standing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're still another week out, but it's not the go-home show, but... He was one never of the last a good look yeah. when someone's the last man standing, right? The thing I got to ask you here is that, like, he's in the match, so he obviously could win, right? Oh, yeah. Do you think that this this would be the time for Ali, considering he was supposed to be in the Kofi Kingston spot before WrestleMania? Would this be his time? I think it could be a great opportunity. The great thing with this is the money in the bank doesn't need to be used at any point in within like it has to be used within the year mm-hmm. obviously right like it could literally get cashed in for the next money in the bank pay-per-view that would be so cool i'd like to see that one year you know so yeah where it's like oh you gotta use it you gotta use it. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna use it like two sundays from now at money in the bank yeah and like it's such a face thing to do the announce ahead of time but um yeah like i I think that the great thing about someone like Andrade or Ali or Ricochet winning it possibly is they don't need to use it right away. Mm-hmm. It can build them and that briefcase builds their character and their love with the universe or hate, depending face or heel, more and more. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't have to give it to someone who needs to use it right away, right? So I think that's the great thing about someone like even Finn Balor winning it, having him have the IC title on one shoulder and the yeah. briefcase. And we the haven't end. seen that since The Miz, right? Being US champ and the the Money in the Bank champ. Yeah. yeah. So I think like stuff like that's always interesting. And um, also like anyone who's going to complain about it, pretty much every single Money in the Bank, one of the mid-card titles is a part of the match. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think it's really too much. Kevin to Owens yeah. was, was it Kevin Owens was the IC title the one year? Oh God! Yeah, that might be testing he my knowledge. He was in it, and yeah, like it, like every year, there's someone in it usually that is one of the mid card titles. Yeah. So to it's complain about thing. it yeah. doesn't matter. No, usually your mid card champion is one of your most exciting performers, anyways. So hey. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, um, quickly, closing a, segment. Yeah, the KO show with Xavier Woods. Uh, it was it's what it needed to be. Kevin Owens made a promo by talking to uh, action figures. That's how damn talented this man is. He he can get any segment over, whether it's got all the flashy Kevin Owens show stuff, like he said, or whether it's just him alone in the ring with a chair and a microphone. The guy is pure gold. Um, 
I love Kevin Owens. Again, I've said this time and time again, he is WWE's MVP, most versatile player. You can put him in absolutely any segment, and he will knock it out of the park, as he did in this one. Uh, he was great on the microphone. Kofi Modern Kingston. day Chris Jericho, buddy. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Kofi Kingston looked like a star when he walked out from the back uh, to come down to Kevin Owens. Uh, is showing a more aggressive side, something that we needed to see from a champion. You can't be happy-go-lucky mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, I enjoyed the segment. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I enjoyed it. I I don't know how I feel about it opening and closing the show, mm-hmm. but I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was- yeah. It's better than I. It's better than I guess seeing Becky Lynch on Raw and then open SmackDown and close SmackDown with something else in there, right? Like, we, yeah. If you're gonna push your your main champion, you might as well have him be in the the most amount of segments on the night, right? Yeah. Um, especially somebody who is still over like Kofi Kingston is. Like you did say, he is losing some steam for sure because the journey is always better than uh, the destination. Yeah. But still, and we haven't seen him defend it yet. So once yeah. he starts defending it, then that's cool. Yep, um, I don't think we're going to have issues with Kofi Kingston here. Kevin Owens is a great first opponent, but the question is, will Kofi Kingston get a defense or not? Right? That's the question, which we're going to have to watch the pay-per-view to find out. But I believe that brings us to the end of this week's show. Um, certainly a different style of show today, but I... Yeah. You know what? Was there? When WWE doesn't try, why should we, right? <laughs> Uh, was it three three weeks, four weeks, one month away from AEW? Is that where? <laughs> yeah, May twenty fifth, uh, double or nothing. So about a month away, which is going to be very exciting. Yep. <laughs> um, and then starts the real war. I'm excited for it. Yep. Yep. Um, match of the week, you had Finn and Ali defeating Randy Orton and Andrade. Yep. I had the Usos defeating the Good Brothers. Uh, who was your MVP of the week? Uh, uh, give me yours first while I'm thinking really quick right here. I they was lackluster. I went with Bray. You went Bray. I think. Uh, I, I, I'm a go Becky Lynch. I think that she still had one of the more memorable segments of the week with Lacey Evans. She looked good on the microphone again. Um, and I mean she was solid on SmackDown as well. So yeah, uh, I'll go Becky Lynch. But I believe that's going to do it for us this week. Yeah, man. Uh, Definitely a good podcast. Definitely enjoyable to talk to you. Nice to talk to you again. Sorry about the big delay. Yeah, but we'll definitely be talking more here moving forward. Glad to see the leg isn't back. Uh, The new computer's working great. Yeah, it is working well, thankfully. uh, Good. So we finally fixed that problem. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't see a leg once here throughout the stream, so that's really good. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Conman167. Where can they follow you? Right there, Bob's Rasslin, B-O-B-S-R-A-S-S-L-I-N, Bob's B-O-B-S-R-A-S-S-L-I-N. I will be live again on Monday for Monday Night Raw, and also, uh, nope, this airs on Friday, never mind. Yeah, so Monday Night Raw, I will be back here for all of you guys, but until then, I've been gone. And I've been Bob. And that was our, our attempt at a good Con and Bob podcast, because Raw <laughs> Smackdown sucked. All right, bye.